Welcome to the podcast of entrepreneurship, business, and finance. We're fortunate today to have Doug Hardwick with us. And Doug, how are you doing today? I'm doing real good, Henry. How are you? Well, let's start out with, uh, because we work together in oil and gas, but you have other ventures as well, how you got started in oil and gas. And it was back in 2001 or two that uh, a guy I worked with called me up. We were in the technology together in the 90s, and he had gotten into the oil and gas business, and he said, uh, I needed to get over there with him. And so uh, because of our working relationship is how I really got into oil and gas and uh, been in it ever since. Well, and that's interesting you say that because uh, people might not see a um, relationship between technology and oil and gas, uh, but actually there's a huge relationship. Man, you want to talk about that a little bit? boy, there really is. I think you'll find, uh, in my opinion, oil and gas industry is probably the number one consumer of technology of any other industry in the world uh, because it uh, you need technology to find the oil. You need the technology to to uh, get the oil out and the technology to get it refined and into commercial product. So there's technology all the way through. Well, I'm not a, actually it uh, brings up another subject because people think of oil and gas and they think of drilling rigs in the background there. Mm -hmm. And that is where it starts. But where it ends might possibly be uh, saving someone's life uh, with a plastic tube in a hospital. So when we talk about the technology and the uses of oil and gas, I think people too often think of just in relationship to transportation, right. whereas in fact, there's a great variety. Yeah, I think one of the big uh, misnomers uh, of oil and gas is a lot of people refer to it as fossil fuels. And so they think fuel is, okay, it's just a fuel. But, uh, you know, of course, they in, 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 uh, include coal, you know, with fossil fuel. So it's oil, natural gas, and coal is fossil fuels. And so they only think of it as a fuel. But uh, the derivatives from the refining process of natural gas and of crude oil is where we get our polymers and plastics and everything that we use, see, touch, in my opinion, everything in life revolves around uh, the refined products from oil and gas, if not the oil and gas itself. That might shock people, so explain that a little further. Okay. So when oil comes up out of the ground, <laughs> I remember a, a well we had over in uh, West Virginia, and as we were pumping the oil, as it cooled coming up the tubes, uh, paraffin would get caught on the side of the well. And so there's wax that comes up with uh, oil. So in some areas, there's so much wax within the oil that it can clog up your, your, uh, your uh, production uh, down in the hole, down in the well. So once they get that oil out of the well, and get it into a tank and they put it in the truck and then transport that truck all the way down to a refinery. 
there is, they call it cracking, which is they're separating the different components within the crude oil. And so some of those components can be a polymer and polymers are made to, are, are used to make plastics. And of course, I don't know of any hospital operating room or uh, the, the recovery room where there's not a ton of plastic. Uh, and it's because it's so reusable and disposable. That's why, you know, it's been a big, uh, a big help in the operating room uh, instead of sitting there trying to clean stuff and miss stuff and infections, as they say. So, you know, it's really important there, but there are also natural gases used in making medicine uh, and, oh man, you name it. Uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that answers the question. Yeah, and of course, all that stuff has to get there somehow, too. And the plants and manufacturing, they have to run on things. And people think, well, electricity, but electricity is made from the power plants. And uh, we haven't uh, found anything uh, right now to replace uh, yeah. gas, except in a very limited uh, way. Well, what spiked your interest, uh, taking you back a ways? But, and what kept you interested in the oil and gas industry all these years? I mean, that's... yeah. Because, you know, in the last 20 plus years, we've had some ups and downs. And uh, I just, I don't know, I've been always fascinated, I think, by the whole concept of, you know, everything about oil and gas runs everything in our lives. And so I think that that has a, a big component, I guess, on we need it. And I want to be a part of something that we need. And so that's, I, I guess, one of the driving factors of why I do what I do. But uh, um, I remember starting out, you know, it was just drilling. And I was involved, and they call that the upstream. You can see the pump jacks behind us here. But, you know, so there's that pump jack getting oil out of the ground. And I thought that was pretty fascinating. I remember when uh, uh, my dad grew up in Abilene, they sold the farm. And I remember looking out the back window uh, one year when I went back to my grandparents' house and I saw that pump jack out the back window and I, you know, it, I thought that was pretty neat. I want to be a part of that, but I really didn't know how because I didn't know anybody in the oil and gas business at the time. But uh, it's always been intriguing. I remember a client one time telling me, he said, Doug, I see that pump jack out there running 24-7, which means it's making somebody money 24-7. They don't have to do anything to it. So, you know, that's a, that's an intriguing part of it. Also the mailbox money concept, you know, getting checks every month, cash flow. That's, well, and that's for people that own, uh, own interest in wells or, uh, own the property that the wells are being drilled on is what you're right. referencing there. Uh, royalties. There you right. go. Yeah. What we're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, when I was drilling, you know, we always run into expenses. And when the price of oil goes down, which it always does, it goes up and it goes down. And when it goes down, expenses can really um, tap your profit line big. And uh, some of the rules and regulations going into uh, or around the oil and gas production industry side of it uh, has been very, very difficult for small operators. And... Uh, so it was really neat the the relationship I built with the landman when I 
was working out in, in uh, with a company in West Virginia. And then when I went to go work for a company in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, he also was uh, back in the state, or, yeah, back in the states compared to West Virginia. <laughs> but, uh, back in the Metroplex. And uh, so, you know, when I told him what I was doing, uh, he's like, well, man, I'm doing minerals up there. And uh, we just kind of, you know, worked out a, a relationship where we could work together uh, at another company. So I know you, I've known you a long, long time and um, been friends all that time. And uh, I know you've tried some other things, uh, residential real estate, um, worked on uh, getting some uh, data for an invention out of the national labs. It was a, a plasma torch. Yeah. Um, and some of the things work out better than others. I know now you're on to something uh, that you're very interested in having to do with crypto and mining. How did uh, how did that come about? And I believe that yeah. may have also been a, a relationship partly from your home in Abilene, Texas. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, family's home. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I was. I got a phone call from a fella in, in uh, New York City, <laughs> and uh, we had a mutual uh, connection in Fort Worth, and uh, Oz said, Doug, do you know anything about flared gas? I'm like, well, a little bit. What do you want to know? And uh, come to find out, he was looking for flared gas for mining Bitcoin. And about six months earlier, I had... Uh, open up a, a what they call a wallet and started buying a little bit here and there, you know, nothing much, 20 bucks, hundred bucks, you know, just a little bit here and there just to kind of get my feet wet and kind of try to understand it and learn it. So to get a call like that. And I mean, long story short, uh, yeah, it was a relationship uh, that I had in Fort Worth that uh, knew that I was still in the oil and gas business. And, uh, even though I didn't know anything about Bitcoin mining, uh, two years later, I'm now the CEO of a Bitcoin mining company that's literally mining Bitcoin right now. <laughs> so that's uh, it's been an interesting uh, uh, road, I guess you could say. Well, and it's so interesting how things tie together because uh, we all want to have a, a clean environment. And, uh, you know, you coming from the country originally growing up running around in empty spaces and maybe more than you know more than anyone else appreciates the or as much as anyone else appreciates what nature has to offer and so we're always looking to make oil and gas more efficient get more of it up in the ground use it more efficiently uh and it's interesting too because uh power is main, mainly got you know, there are some alternatives that mainly still derive from the use of uh, oil and gas and coal. And so we want to conserve on power, too. And one of the things that you're working on potentially is that a uh, lady's uh, raising a big fund and she wants to uh, help make data centers more efficient because we are now using a data center probably somewhere or will shortly with our call. And it's a part of our lives and they consume a lot of power which is a lot of uh, energy. And uh, so now you're on to kind of a mix of the, the world's united of crypto 
and oil and gas and how you save on energy with this potential of a new fund. And I know that's just one of the options that you're exploring, but it's uh, it's uh, usually not a straight line and things are more complicated than they might seem with the headlines. Yeah. There's so, yeah, there's a huge uh, mix and uh, energy is a big part of crypto mining, obviously. But with the oil and gas uh, knowledge, knowing what flared gas is or vented gas, uh, we call it now stranded gas. And so if an oil and gas company doesn't have a way to sell that natural gas, then they have to get permits to flare or vent the gas. And so what we want to do is trap that and turn it into energy and use it for crypto mining. And so we're finding some small companies are a lot easier to deal with than the billion dollar companies uh, for the crypto mining. So we're going to help, you know, the small guy make some money on uh, on his stranded gas. Uh, the big guys seem to have their own deal worked out. But I think you're going to find a lot of um, EMP exploration and production companies, the guys that are out there on the pump jacks uh pulling that oil out of the ground uh i think you're going to find a lot of them actually going to have a division of crypto mining along with the production of oil and gas it's a pretty neat relationship well you're a very interesting person to talk to entrepreneur businessman and uh also involved in finance so thank you very much for coming on the show and uh we will talk soon all right thanks henry have a great day Thank you, Mr. Doug Hardwick.